Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hello and welcome to Shouts of Grace, and we are excited that you have chosen to take some time and join us, and we want to welcome back those of you who make this a weekly habit and let you know that we are extremely grateful for all of your support um, and your continued listening and for spreading the word uh, here in Utah County and even beyond, uh, letting people know um, of our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com. Um, as well as the ability to um, to listen to this um, live on the weekends. Um, you can go to keyradio.org and there's a scheduling there and that'll let you know when we actually air that. Um, and so we want to thank you for that. And for those of you that are uh, returning listeners, we want to say thank you or uh, returning listeners, first time listeners. Um, we want to say thank you guys for tuning in and let you know that you can go to the same website and you can listen to about two and a half years worth of past broadcasts as we look at a number of uh, topics in scripture, sometimes just just Bible itself, just people of the book that just kind of go through it. And so we hope that's enjoyable to you and that you'd consider joining us here on a weekly basis. And as we do with every uh, episode, we give a shout out to Key Radio Studios here in Provo, Utah for the use of their studios. Um, So today what I want to do is I want to do kind of a part two message of what we did last week. Last week I had uh, Pastor Keith Radke from River Community Church in West Jordan, uh, Utah here, and he's a good friend of, of mine and my wife's. He actually was uh, was one of the elders at Redemption Hill for a little while, a worship leader, and then he moved to, to he didn't move, he lived in West Jordan, he wanted to plant a church there, and so we uh, we're kind of on board with that with him. And so um, I've got him back in studio today or on the phone today in studio for me because I'm looking at his beautiful face over the over the internet. What's up, brother? Oh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, let me just say this. Redemption Hill is more than kind of supporting us. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been a faithful partner from day one, and we're so blessed to have uh, this relationship between our two churches. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. We got to have you out. We're in the process of... Uh, getting a new building. And so we're going to a permanent location finally, you know? Um, So we'll have you guys out and have a, have, have a big thank you party and praise God party out there. But Keith, what I want to do today is kind of pick up on uh, the conversation that we had last week when we were going through first Peter five. And really what we were doing is trying to, trying to share with the listeners. um, All of us have church experiences and, and a lot of those experiences are good, but some of them aren't. And, and a lot of times when they're not, um, it's usually always relational related, yeah. right? And a lot of times that comes because maybe decisions were made by leadership that people didn't agree with. Um, and maybe they didn't agree with them because it was their opinion. And maybe they didn't agree with it because they felt like it was it was not honoring God and it wasn't biblical. And sometimes um, those are more personal. Sometimes it becomes a way a person might pastor. And so what I want to do uh, on this episode is I want to I want to kind of focus in on the latter. And because here's the here's the reality, you know, um, those that are going to be teachers, those are going to be in a position of authority are going to receive a stricter judgment from God. Um, and, and what's happened today, you and I were talking offline is I think a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth towards church because of past experiences that they've had with a leader. Um, and, and they don't want anything to do with 
you know, people, people over them in any way spiritually. Right. But so, so let's, right. for, before we get into that, let's just add just kind of some quick context to what we're talking about. So first of all, it, I think it needs to be clear is the Bible does talk about leadership. It does talk about, it does talk about a person having, um, having, and, and, and I use this in a, in a, you know, in a very um, meaningful way and we'll unpack it, but spiritual leadership over people as a pastor, as a church, oh. there is a proper context for that. And there is a healthy context for that. Right. Um, but, but the truth is it's oftentimes misused. And so Keith, you know, when we talk about, um, let's say when we talk about um, membership at a church or something similar to maybe not a formal membership, when a person makes something their home church, there's really two um, there's two covenants, if you will, that are taking place. One, an agreement on the on the on the person on the congregants' part to to come to support the vision, to be a part of you know a healthy church environment and all of that entails. But there's also an agreement on the side of the leader, the pastor, that they are going to agree to be a pastor or or a shepherd to that person, and they're going to yes. tell them the truth, and they're going to lead them in spiritual truths, not their opinions, not what they want to hear, but they're going to actually give them God's word. And so there's a proper place for that, yes? Yes, absolutely. Even our passage in 1 Peter 5 addresses that. There's the role of the shepherd or the elder. Um, really, we could call it the role of the elder as they shepherd, right? Elder is their office. Shepherd is their function. Pastoring is their function. And then in verse 5, it says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Like there is a mutual agreement to um, go about spiritual community in a way that honor God's with honors God with mutual submission towards one another. And, and I think that that's where... I like the way that you said there's kind of like two covenants, two agreements, right? Two understandings that, that this is a relationship between, uh, you know, the leadership and, and really the servant leadership of a local congregation, which is just a small part of the, you know, universal congregation of, of believers in Christ. And with all of us as members together, that's, I think that's why too, Peter says, I want you to shepherd the flock of God that is among you recognizing that as a shepherd, we are also a sheep. We're, we're mm -hmm. part of the flock and, and we're, we're not special because we've been, you know, set apart for this role. We, we just have a unique function, a, a unique opportunity to, to serve Christ in the context of the relationship that we have with other believers. Yeah. And again, it ends that with humility. Like this is a, this is an, ar an arrangement based on the humility of God that we choose that, that we, it's, you know, we have to be humble. We have to humble ourselves yeah. under the mighty hand of God and recognize that our role towards one another is not one of superiority or inferiority, but one of equality at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Last, last week, amen. Last week we had kind of touched on one and then we, we talked about maybe having it be a longer conversation. So I think this will be that longer conversation Yeah. Um, in first Peter chapter five, where it goes through a list in verse two, shepherd, the flock of God is among you. Um, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, nor for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And so not domineering over those in your charge. So there's an acknowledgement that as a pastor, you have people that, that, you know, you're 
in charge of their spiritual growth in the sense that you have the responsibility to disclose the Lord to them through scripture, through shepherding, through being a friend, all that is, is there. But he says, don't domineer. And I think Keith, you know, I, I think the first thing you see there is you see that there's an acknowledgement when you say not to do something, usually it's because there's a tendency to do it. And so there's yes. a command to say, hey, don't do this. Otherwise, why even bring it up? <laughs> so so here's right. the thing. As a shepherd, you have a tendency as a, as a churchgoer, understand that there are people that may have the temptation and the tendency to domineer over you, to, to right. lead you in a way that is not towards the Lord, but is for all these other things, shameful game, whatever. So Keith, talk about what it means to domineer as a leader so that a churchgoer could know in listening to this, I feel like I'm being domineered over. <laughs> well, domineer comes from, you know, where we get dominate, right? It, it's a, it, it's a military term. It's a wrestling term. It, 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 it's about having the upper hand, having the high ground over somebody else. Uh, there was a movement when I was just a wee little kid, just even figuring out what church even meant that I heard about. And when I was older, I understood called shepherding in the 70s and the 80s. And the idea was that there was no decision that could be made by members of a church until it was approved by the pastor or the, mm. the elders. And it was a very destructive movement and, and really an extreme. Well, I think that that spirit of domination, that spirit of, domi- of domineering um, never left the church in that sense. It's just morphed into kind of the cult of personality, celebrity, you know, it, it, you know, the church may have 500 followers on Facebook, but the, the pastor has 5,000. You know what I mean? Like, that that's where we are now. Like there's a domineering that somehow a pastor um, a, of a church, you know, is a, is a personality and an influence on par with a politician or with an entertainer or those kind of things, you know, an author, some sort of a cultural influencer. And, and we, we collectively as pastors have believed the idea that somehow we are God's gift to humanity. You know, Jesus is God's gift to humanity. And so there is a need for us to, to again, in humility, to recognize that I, I'm one of the flock. I don't, I don't have the right to dominate God's people. Amen. I don't have the right to control and to manipulate and to use people for my advantage. Yeah. In fact, that word there in the Greek, it means to exercise lordship over. And yeah. I think a lot of times what you see, to your point, is there's people that will put themselves as leaders in a position of almost this this tweaked mediation between the person and God, not not mm-hmm. teaching the person how to hear from the Lord, to discern from God as to what they should do, but to actually tell the person what they should do. And here's what happens. That person often becomes beholden to that leader um, as they lord over them in this way that's very unhealthy and they don't seek counsel in order to make sound right. judgments. They actually seek what to do. And here's what happens over time that empowers that leader and puts them in their own mind in a position that God never gave them. 
that that right. that, that that leader starts to starts to read their own press and and, and and then what happens is a culture is created and I want to talk about that on the other side of the break because you see something very interesting in John chapter 9 where where the way that the the way that the leaders lead and abuse the people is by creating a culture of fear and intimidation and so I want to talk yes. a little bit more about that on the other side of the break you're listening to shouts of grace and we will be right back you're listening to shouts of grace with pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. Uh, We are blessed you're joining us today. I have um, via a phone line, or you could call it Zoom, combination of whatever it is. I got Keith Radke from uh, River Community Church here in West Jordan, Utah, and Keith before the break, we were just talking about um, kind of springing off of First Peter chapter five, where it talks about leaders not domineering over a person. Um, if you were to ask a a pastor, do you feel like you're domineering over your flock? And they were domineering over their flock, they wouldn't say yes. <laughs> they would say no. That's correct. And so, so this probably isn't going to be much much help to to maybe a, a church leader or a pastor or a ministry leader that may, might listen into this program because they're just gonna they're not going to see it. But the churchgoer would, and so because they'll feel something hitting them every time they interact. And so, one of the things I want us to do is maybe help the churchgoer to understand when they might be domineering, uh, when somebody might be domineering over them. Right before the break, we talked about this culture that existed in John chapter 9. And the story is, you can go back and read it on your own, a man is healed of his blindness. The Pharisees, the religious leaders hear about this and they go and ask the parents, you know, it, you know how, how, did, how did this happen? Was he like this from birth? And it says something very interesting that you would pass by if you had not had an experience, you know, that that lets you see between the lines. They said, well, he's of age, go ask him. And it says they did this out of fear of being put out of the synagogue. That is huge because what that means is that there was a general understanding of what loyalty and conduct looked like to the ones that were dominating the people. And what came out was a fear, a fear that actually motivated their decisions rather than a decision of faith and trust in God. And oftentimes, Keith, I see one of the most powerful tools in an abusive situation where churches are domineering over people. One of the most easiest things to spot is look at the culture. Is the culture of be careful, don't want you say, obviously we want to be careful, we don't want to gossip and slander, but is there this fear of if I disagree with this person, will I be seen as unloyal? If, 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 if I don't fall in line and I allow narratives to be set by this leader about other people and I never challenge them, will I be looked upon as one who could quote unquote be put out of the synagogue? And what happens is fear enters into that culture and people don't live trustful and trustworthy ways, trusting God, they operate like these people did out of fear. Talk about that reality. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I I would just say this first thing comes to mind is beware the loyalty test. Hmm. Beware a loyalty test that forces you as the member of a church or maybe the member of a ministry team to, to sign, maybe literally sign a loyalty statement to the Hmm. pastor of the church. Like, really? Did he die on the cross for me? People do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not even kidding. 
Um, and, and, and if, if you're listening and this has happened to you, you're nodding your head. And if you're a pastor and you're making this, you know, people do this, this is not Jesus. Jesus did not do that. You know, there is no person who has the right to take the role of authority that only belongs to Jesus. Mm. And, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're, you know, I was just thinking of second Timothy chapter four, where Paul charges Timothy, who's a pastor in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. Like we answer to Jesus, every Christian does. Mm. And, and a healthy church leader is going to allow people to, to make decisions and to serve God according to their conscience. Now you, you talked about something earlier in our conversation about, you know, the local, the vision of the local church and the leadership of the local church. Like there is a, it is good to have vision and it is good to have order and it is good to have structure, right? But again, if we're looking at this through humility, I, as a pastor, I recognize I'm going to stand before God who, who judges the living and the dead and Jesus is going to appear and his kingdom is the final kingdom, not River Community Church, not Redemption Hill Church. Like it's the kingdom of Jesus that will be the final kingdom. And so the exhortation of Paul to Timothy, as I think is also Peter to the shepherds, is that we answer to the chief shepherd here in first peter chapter five verse four we're going to receive our reward we're going to receive our crown we're going to receive our correction if necessary from him and him alone and so are the people of god so we can't put people in a position where they answer to us and people don't put yourself in a position where you answer only to the pastor or to the elders of the church we are followers of christ in, in humility there is a way to find balance and unity and, and joy in that relationship. But if fear is what drives you, that is not from God. If mm -hmm. manipulation is what is what drives you, that is not from God. God does not cause fear. He does not manipulate. Matter of fact, Paul even tells Timothy there in, in, in that chapter about, you know, the appearing of the Lord. He says, I want you to preach the word. I want you to do all these things, exhort and teach stuff with patience, mm. right? Like, the, the, nece the and, and to endure suffering hmm. and, and, and to and to and to keep watch over yourself like we yeah. have a duty as shepherds as does every christian to present ourselves to god as a worker who does not need to be ashamed we spend so much time trying to control other people but we won't control our own habits our own attitudes we spend so much time you know trying to find the perfect church where, where everybody is in sync with what we think is a perfect standard. But as a Christian, we're not living faithfully in discipline uh, and in obedience to the Lord. And, and so this is, this is, again, this is about coming back to that place of humility in an environment of humility, an environment of love, an environment of, 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 of shepherds who are eagerly caring for the flock. Mm. Fear is not a factor. Yeah. Manipulation mm. is not a factor. Yeah, I want to read you something out of Ezekiel 34, probably one of the strongest indictments on a group of shepherds, um, and it comes from God himself. Um, he says, uh, Ezekiel 34, verse 2, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Um, and he goes on and he says, Thus saith the Lord, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? Now he kind of gives you what he means by that. You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the stray you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, 
and with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So oh. they were scattered. And then he goes on and like nine times he refers to them as my sheep, my sheep, yes. my sheep. Yes. Keith, the reality here is that there's a role of a pastor. And I look at all these things, the sick you haven't, the weak you haven't strengthened, you haven't gone after the, the lost, you haven't. Those are all in modern terms, you could say those are all parts of discipleship, right? Those are yes. things we do as a shepherd. And we, as you said, we thread, we thread patience through all of it, right? And so, Keith, the idea that shepherds exist that rule harshly, which is selfish motivation, and they don't do all these other things, God says, these aren't my shepherds. These aren't the ones that satisfy my heart. Talk about the shepherd that does satisfy God's heart, because he does have shepherds and what they should look like. Well, the shepherd that satisfies God's heart is the one, like Peter said, that is an example to the flock. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. That is the shepherd that pleases God, is the man who lays down his life to care for other people. You know, hear all of these things in Ezekiel 34 that you mentioned, turn it into a positive. Let's strengthen the weak. Let's yeah. heal the sick. Yeah. Let's bind up the injured. You know, Jesus said in, in Luke, you know, when he came, he came to bind up the, those who are wounded. He came to bring healing and restoration and to set the prisoner free. Like these are the things that the shepherd should be engaged in. And it's a war. It's a battle that we have to be you know, we have to endure through, um, and it, it's gonna, we're gonna take some hits. We're, we're gonna get hurt. And, you know, in our modern time of, of comfort and convenience, that's so easily available to everyone. A lot of times what happens is a pastor um, will build kind of a wall of security, a wall of comfort, a wall of safety around themselves and insulate themselves from, from having to deal with the hard stuff that, that they, that they, you know, crawled through at times in their early years of ministry. So willingly, you know, and, and something got lost. They got a little flash of success. They got some money or they, you know, they got recognition and it, and it went to their head. And, you know, there's a pastor that we used to um, listen to. I mean, I still listen to him at times. He, he's gone to be with the Lord and he would talk about like the three things that pastors need to avoid. Right. Um, uh, the, the, the money, the women and the glory. Right, some of the some of the common traps uh, to to men in the ministry, and and you you see that there's what what John would say the pride of life, right? The lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Like there's 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 things that because we're human, that that they become traps to us. So we have to we have to keep guard, we have mm -hmm. to be watchful, be vigilant against those things, and not let those things go to our head, or else we become that domineering. Um, pastor the domineering yeah. shepherd that peter is warning against yeah and so really it's a challenge as a pastor go back to your first love go back to what jesus called you to do in the first place and really what it is it's 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 a daily sacrifice yeah and, and setting amen. the example of sacrifice amen and i would say this to the listener uh second corinthians 10 9 or 10 8 says for paul says for even if i boast a little too much of our authority which the lord gave for the building you up and not for tearing you down and I think right. that's a key thing that you should look for in a leader. They do not have the authority 
to tear you down. They are meant to build you up, to pastor you, to shepherd you, to, to when you, when you go astray, to go after the lost, when you're sick, you know, with sin to, to, to build you up. That is the point. So if you feel like you're constantly putting this authoritative box, that says you're not good enough. You're not showing loyalty. You're not. And it's it, that, that is a form that we would say of abuse. And that is someone that is not shepherding according to the dictates of God's heart. Hey, listen, we're out of time, man. This one flew by too, brother. We're out of time. Wow. And so um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And Keith, thank you for joining us. And we'll, we'll continue this conversation another day, brother. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.